What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Koban. It's January 21, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 71. In this episode, I'll be talking about how to get back into exercising after being sick or having COVID, and then I'll break down some differences between short and tall lifters. This could make a huge difference when it comes to elite athletes, but for us regular folk, Just try to maximize your own potential. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook, you can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Back to regularly scheduled workouts for me, so I'll go over that first. I'm still doing home workouts. I've been doing an upper-lower split, and I've been alternating days between those two, usually with a rest day in between. And my workouts this week, since I'm working out at home... My sessions have usually been 30 to 45 minute workouts where I'm doing supersets and lower rest times around 30 to 45 seconds. And I'm just basically trying to get a pump during my workouts since I don't have access to heavy weights. So yeah, I've had to change my training in that regard and I've been trying to make the movements as hard as I can. So for example, I have some dumbbells, my 30 pound dumbbells. And doing normal standing bicep curls were actually a bit easy, so to make that one a little bit harder, I've been leaning against the wall, and that'll make sure that I'm not using my lower back or any kind of momentum where you're arching your back to get the weight up. I'm also making sure for those dumbbell curls that my elbow is not coming forward as well, and it makes the curl a whole lot harder and focuses a lot more on just the bicep doing all the work. Other than that, not much has changed. I've just been trying to maintain my gains as much as possible, and I have started to see some pretty good progress on single leg deadlifts. My balance has really gotten better the past three months or so since I started incorporating that into my routine. Also, something that can't be understated when working out at home is working out in your bare feet. This is something I don't think I've brought up on the podcast yet, But working out on your bare feet can bring on some huge benefits overall, but especially when it comes to activating muscles in your feet. Now that it's winter, it's really opened my eyes to something I've heard before. So babies, obviously they learn to walk and squat and do everything early on in their bare feet. We as humans, we evolved and went through life for a pretty long time, pretty much barefoot all the time. But eventually, we made inventions to protect our feet, so we made sandals or whatever back in the day. And now, pretty much as soon as we're capable of walking, we wear shoes all the time. And if you want to stay warm in the house, you're constantly wearing socks. And that's molded and shaped our toes to be tight and close together, maybe even with our toes overlapping when you wear shoes in some cases. 
but look at the way a baby's feet activate and their toes splay out or spread out to keep their balance as they learn to walk. We evolved to use our feet this way, to have strong feet to hunt and gather food and walk for multiple miles a day and run if needed. So now that it is winter, getting back to that, I've been having to wear gloves whenever I'm outside. And that makes it a lot harder to do a lot of basic tasks. You start to lose a bit of that sense and feel. This is even worse with our feet because we wear socks and shoes more than we cover up our hands. So over time, our body and feet, they start to lose connection with one another. And now we run with shoes on all the time. Just try running in your bare feet and you'll quickly notice that you're off balance. And it's actually extremely risky. I mean, I've even fallen running in my bare feet on concrete and in sand. It just becomes much more difficult when we've relied on running shoes our whole lives. So with gloves on, you'll notice that it's harder to get a grip on things and you start to lose that physical connection, which is one of our senses. With gloves on, if I reach into my pocket when I have multiple things in my pockets, uh, sorry, multiple things in my pocket, it's hard to pull out exactly what I wanted because you add that physical barrier between you and other objects. And this is the same thing that happens over years of wearing socks and comfortable shoes with a lot of padding and cushioning for your soul. You start to lose connection to the muscles in your feet, which weakens the muscles, which could actually create problems. Not only in our feet, but these pains could work their way up the kinetic chain and could lead to hip pain or even lower back pain, believe it or not. And because we've been putting socks and shoes on ever since we learned to walk, that does create a bit of a problem that gets overlooked. And even wearing shoes all the time, eventually some people still need special comfortable or special soles with some more cushion to align your body and get rid of any other pains you may have that could have been caused by your feet. So yeah, that is one of the more or one of the other positives when it comes to working out at home, some barefoot training. I think people would probably look at me pretty funny or just disgusted if I went to a commercial gym and started working out in my bare feet. I've already done the whole working out in socks thing at one point, and even then people were looking at me a little bit crazy. Or maybe that's just because they could smell what my shoes smell like. Maybe they got too close to them. I don't know. Anyways, that being said, if you are going to try some barefoot training, scale back the amount of weight and probably the overall intensity of the workout because those muscles in your feet are going to be working harder than ever when it comes to stabilizing and if you push yourself too hard, you might start to notice pain in your feet that you might not be used to. And man, it's hard to find motivation working out at home. I get that. But man, sitting down for more than three hours at a time, it's like I can feel my bone density and muscle just fall off of my body, even though that probably isn't happening that rapidly. But I do think people just do become numb to these little aches and pains they feel every day because at some point it just starts to feel normal. And that's because of this more and more sedentary lifestyle that we're creating for ourselves. So yeah, sitting and lying down all day is pretty unhealthy, but I understand that it can be relaxing. But just try to get up every now and then. Just do that for your future self. So Doug Ford, okay, here we go. Our leader in Ontario, he did mention all week that we'd have positive news regarding restaurants and gyms and those folks 
his words, not mine. And I swear, he announced that he was going to have an announcement almost every single day this week. So finally, earlier this morning, he announced that the restaurants and gyms and all that good stuff will be reopening to 50% capacity at the end of this month. So we'll all have to wait until January 31st, but that's less than two weeks at this point. I think it's 10 days now. I have some amount of free time for a little bit before the grind begins again. So I'm going to prep my body so that I'm ready to go and so are my clients. It should be a good year. It's like my 2022 gym goals were delayed a month, but I'm ready to get back to it after I took it pretty easy the past four to six weeks or so. Which again, a little bit of a break or some rest is much needed for everyone. But it's almost time to put in some real work, so hopefully the gyms will stay open for good now. But I've said that before. Doug Ford also said that they're, uh, according to their data or whatever, they plan on opening the full capacity, I think, on February 21st with a full reopening in the middle of March. And that will be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm pretty sure a few months ago they said that mask mandates would be gone by March, but again, we'll see. I highly doubt that, though. I hear people online saying that the government is just saying or doing all of this because it is election season coming up pretty soon here. Other than that, I haven't done much, honestly. I've been training most of my clients online, so I had a bit of time to play my PS5, finally. I've been playing Ghosts of Tsushima, and that's been a pretty damn good game. The combat is actually really good. I enjoy it, even though I'm not amazing at it right now. And my reading habit has been going very well this week. There were times this week where I actually missed not having my Kindle in my hand. And that is so weird for me to say out loud. So I brought it around with me to read throughout the day. And whenever I eat, I've been definitely surpassing my goal of reading just five pages a day this week. Reading five pages hasn't been difficult at all. And I've been noticing that I read for an average of 20 to 30 minutes a day which is great for me. And it being on the Kindle, it's so much better than reading on my phone or something like that. And I'm sure even the book, actually reading from the hard copy would be even better, but maybe one day I'll get to that point. But I'm really enjoying using my Kindle right now. I'm almost done reading my first book of 2022 and absolutely crushing what I did all of last year, which was a whopping zero books. Huge improvement on that front, and now I have to figure out my next book. I think it might be Atomic Habits by James Clear. I've been reading that that's a pretty good one. Now, I don't think I have a problem when it comes to changing habits at this point, but who knows. I think reading something like that could give me more insight when it comes to trying to change habits. I think he goes through methods in there. So I'll probably be giving that a read over the next few weeks, and if there's anything that I feel like would be helpful, then I'll be sure to pass that on here to the listeners. I think a book like that could help me with my clients when it comes to training and just could help me help others, just like the book I'm currently reading, which has really opened my eyes to a lot of things. But I also do want to try reading um, Mamba Mentality by Kobe. I mean, he was one of the greatest players in NBA history. I know he did pretty well for his community, raised a bunch of daughters, and one thing that really stands out to me was his work ethic. 
That's something you really cannot argue. I think he was someone who came into the league but wasn't projected to be one of the greatest players of all time, but that's exactly what he did. He worked hard, busted his ass, and became one of the greatest players ever. So I think it would be super interesting to see or read what his mindset was like. I'm excited for that one too. I already read the intro and I was already getting pretty excited. Now that I've been using this Kindle, man, I'm actually getting a bit obsessed with it right now. And man, I cannot go through this episode without mentioning this past Monday. All I wrote here was snowstorm. And that was one of the craziest days I've had in a while. My car ended up getting stuck three times out on the roads. That's around nine in the morning. So last, so before this all happened, the night before, on the news they said that more than 20 centimeters would be falling. Now, I've heard this before. They always exaggerate how much snow we're going to get. So I'm thinking five centimeters max, which would not be that bad. Well, it ended up being nearly 60 centimeters. 60 centimeters in some portions of southern Ontario. And that's, that's 20 inches for the American listeners. So that was one of the biggest snowfalls I've seen in years over here. I cannot remember the last time we had this much snow in such a short amount of time. The roads, I mean, they're still pretty messed up and it's been a few days since this all happened. So I was super busy that whole day, that Monday. I figured it was just going to be a typical snow day where I'd just stay in and I'd be able to run some PS5 for a bit, but nope. I ended up spending my morning trying to dig myself out of the snow, got stuck three times before finally getting home, and then I think I spent the next almost six hours shoveling a bunch of people's driveways in my neighborhood. It's funny, because before my car ended up getting stuck in the snow, I was on my way home, and I saw this one car, it was a white Hyundai Sonata, and it was stuck, so I pulled over in the middle of the road to help, and... Man, after 20 minutes of pushing and shoveling, I was like, good luck, guys, because I'm going to get my ass home. Plus, there was already like eight of them there anyway, so I was like, okay, they have enough people at this point. So I get back into my car, dip out of there, and I ended up getting stuck a few intersections down the road while I was trying to make this right turn. I tried sending it a few times, but the car just was not moving. So I was trying to dig myself out, and then this trucker came by and was going to help me out. I didn't have a tow hook on my car, so he was actually still nice enough to put some salt under my rear tires, which would hopefully melt some snow and give me some traction as I drive myself out of there. Also, I didn't have a shovel, so I spent probably 10 minutes digging myself out with a snow brush. Yeah, it was a crazy morning. So after I got out of there, thankfully... I had to turn into my complex, and that was one of the stupidest ideas. In my area, when the snowplows come around, yeah, they shovel the snow off of the road, but it just piles up right outside, right outside my complex's entrance. So I got stuck there, dug myself out of that one because I was close enough to walk home and grab a shovel, and then I came back to the car. After I got myself out of there, I got stuck right in front of my driveway. Man, it was brutal. But at that point, I was already home, basically, so I just turned off the car, parked it, and just started to shovel snow. 
and I had some neighbors help me out there as well, so I'm thankful for that. After finally getting my car into the garage, which took nearly an hour with three other people helping me out, I had to make a path for my mom's car, which was absolutely buried. So I had to make a path for her to get her car onto the driveway too. Yeah, that was a truly Canadian day for me. Then I spent basically the rest of that day shoveling my own driveway along with like four or five other driveways around me. Man, what a day though. I shoveled for almost seven hours and my wrist and lower back were a bit sore for a day or two after, but it's all good. The snowstorm was so bad. I think I even read that two of the major highways going in and out of Toronto had to close down. I think it was the gardener and the DVP. Some people started to get out of their cars to start shoveling because it was a complete standstill. What a shit show. I still can't believe how much snow there was that day. Definitely one of the biggest snowfall days in a few years. I also saw some video of like 30 people pushing the TTC down the street. And that's a bus for those that don't know, Toronto Transit. Even our fearless leader, Doug Ford, he was out there helping out people in the snowstorm. And he was on FaceTime with a local news network while he was driving. So while he was driving, he's literally on TV breaking the law. Unbelievable. And at one point he was in a car, maskless, with another stranger who was, uh, he was driving home because I guess the guy was stranded. So there's that too. Ford just out there being a role model for the people. Even two days later, actually, this was Wednesday, I saw a truck with a shovel at the front who he was stuck. And one of those long transit buses we have here, the long buses that have that little accordion attachment in the middle or whatever, if you know what I'm talking about, you'll know what I mean when I say I saw the bus with the accordion bus attachment. I saw one of those literally just abandoned in the right lane on some road near the airport. But anyways, okay, so that Monday actually, that day that snowstorm happened, that was supposed to be the most depressing day of the year actually. It's called Blue Monday, but I don't know how accurate that is. I'm sure that's based on some formula. But honestly, I had a good time doing whatever I could to help those around me. Plus, I got in my exercise even though the gyms are still closed. That was pretty much the highlight of my week, really. Other than that, it's been the same old stuff. Shoveling snow for that long, though, that was exhausting, but I needed a workout like that. With the gym still closed for a few more days, my home workouts have been good, but not good enough. So that was definitely a good amount of cardio and I guess full body muscle activation that day. I was like slowly improving my form with shoveling at one point. I noticed I was using way too much lower back. And once I started using my legs, it became so much easier. Anyways, okay, finally moving on to that and onto gaming. And this will be the last topic since that snowstorm one took a lot of time there. There was a monumental day this week. I think it was Tuesday morning. Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard for $68 billion. Insane. I thought it was a typo, honestly. So last year there was a Bethesda deal when Microsoft bought them. I think that was almost $8 million, But this is absolutely crazy. Almost $68 billion. Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard. Man, it hasn't even sunk in for me yet. 
Now, Activision Blizzard, they're a huge company who owns other huge companies and big gaming names, so this is really going to shake up the industry. I don't know if some law can step in or whatever and not allow this to go through, but I didn't hear anything about that, so I guess it is a done deal that'll finalize next year. But yeah, that means Microsoft now owns Call of Duty and even Crash Bandicoot, which is just weird. I don't know if this purchase means we'll never see these games on Sony consoles from now on, but from what I read, Microsoft will slowly, over the next coming years, start to make all of those games that are made under Activision Blizzard to only release on Microsoft consoles. That would be horrible. And I've never owned an Xbox ever, but if Microsoft were to really bully Sony out of this space, this would be what could do it. Now, I don't think this should be able to happen, so maybe some antitrust or some anti-monopoly law could stop this from happening, but I have no idea how all of that works. I really don't want to talk about this too much because I'm not sure how you guys feel about gaming news, but I'm assuming most people listening to this won't care about it too much, but it's okay, I'll just talk about it for a minute more. Bobby Kotick, probably pronounced that wrong, he's the current CEO of Activision Blizzard, I think I did hear that when this ac acquisition sorry, is complete, he will be stepping down. Which is about time because he does have some allegations about him. I'm not sure if it's sexual abuse or something, but I'm pretty sure that the females in that work environment do find it toxic. Other than that, Sony's stock dropped, I think, $20 billion on the day of this announcement, which was pretty huge. Unfortunately for Sony, they just don't have the money that Microsoft has, so they were able to do something like this. This is a huge shift for the future of the gaming industry, so let's see how this turns out. Question 1. How to get back into working out after COVID, or just getting back to working out after you're just sick in general? This one is going to be really tough to answer because the answer, like most things in fitness, the answer to this one is, it depends. People's reactions to getting sick are going to be completely unique. If we're going to talk about COVID specifically, some people don't get any symptoms. Others are weak and feeling everything for up to a month. I've seen it personally, even with some of my own clients. And that's really why I wanted to tackle this topic. I don't think I have yet. So first off... Yeah, it's going to be different for everyone, but the key is to just start slow. If you didn't do much while you were sick or during your time off, then when you're starting to feel better, just get into some activity and movement slowly, as long as you're staying pretty comfortable. It doesn't mean going back to doing your full workout and just starting off where you were before you got sick. Your body spent a lot of time recovering and sacrificed some muscle probably, and that's because your body's main job while you're sick is to recover and not die. It's not worried about pulling up max, in uh, max intensity deadlifts. Your brain just wants to get your body back to normal. The best thing to do when deciding to work out again is start up again slowly. Now, when it comes to getting back into physical activity, that might mean just a brisk walk at first, a little bit faster than normal, that might mean just stretching or taking the stairs an extra few times. Or better yet, some mobility work could be great since you've likely been pretty sedentary if you've been sick. 
usually that just means, I mean, when you're sick, that usually just means sitting or lying down all day trying to get better. Mobility is like stretching, but instead you're in control and actually activating muscles, which is the most important part, and that's the important difference between the two. Whereas stretching, you're just trying to elongate the muscle by relaxing, which is still useful in some cases, but mobility exercises done with proper intent are going to be better in this situation. I've had some clients who've had COVID who struggle with even just that at first. And when it finally felt like their lungs or their heart weren't overworking, we'd slowly ramp up the intensity. There's absolutely no rush when it comes to this. Listen, 2023 is going to come no matter what. The summer is going to be here by the time we know it. Time is undefeated. If you start slow and progress from there... Eventually, you'll be better off in a few months, as opposed to if you go too hard with too much intensity at first, that might mean some injuries or possible setbacks along the way. You don't want to push your body too far because you might see regression or steps backward if your body is not ready to handle this kind of stress, the kind of stress that exercise puts on your body. Remember that this could be a long process, but learn to love it because that's how you can stay consistent. Find little goals you can get to and just slowly pile on to that. If you were out for a week or so, I'd take it easy for about a week or two, maybe even three, depending on how you feel. If you were really feeling beat up even a week after you're sick, your body might still be recovering even though you might physically feel okay. So give your body all the time it needs. There's no need to work too hard initially after feeling like you're okay. And then because of that added stress you put on your body, you kind of revert back in time to where now your muscles are sore and then you kind of feel like you're starting to get sick again. So listen to your body when you're trying to get back into exercise after being sick for a bit. Start slowly and listen to your body and it'll tell you when you can ramp up the intensity of your workouts or add more weight to the bar. So it is going to depend on how long you were sick for and how serious it was. So that's why it really does depend on the individual here. Regardless, you should get back into it slowly. Your first workout back is not going to be at max intensity. So go in there and just take a few sessions to just practice. Slowly make the weight heavier and your body will tell you when you'll truly be ready to start challenging yourself again. It's a good idea, I think, at least initially, to keep your reps over an easy 10 to 15 reps That's what I mean when I'm talking about practicing movements. If you're scared and don't know your body 100% yet, I think that's the best option. If you've had years of experience, you can do a little bit more work if you need to. But regardless, there's no need to rush any type of progress because that will raise the injury risk factor there. So the two important takeaways, start slowly and listen to your body. And it'll tell you when it's time to start challenging and pushing your body again. Question two, what's the difference between short and tall lifters? So we all come in shapes and sizes, different shapes and sizes. Some of us are tall, some of us are short. When it comes to being in shape though and living a healthy life, anyone can do it. It doesn't matter how tall you are. There are some differences though between short and tall lifters. Some main differences, 
If we're talking from a bodybuilding perspective, uh, usually bodybuilders have been pretty short historically, under six feet tall, but they are starting to get taller. If you are taller, uh, it does make it a bit harder to fill out your frame, but with the drugs in the industry and more scientific knowledge when it comes to training, that might be why professional bodybuilders are getting taller. But just for us normal people, just think about this. If you have 17-inch arms when you're 6'6", you're probably going to look pretty skinny. But if you're 5'5", with 17-inch arms, they're going to look massive because your arms are so much shorter. So in terms of looking aesthetic, shorter people do have a little bit of an advantage on that front because you can create that illusion that you're bigger since your limbs are shorter. It also shouldn't take as much muscle to fill out your frame because you don't have to build as much muscle to look big, in quotes, since you're shorter. A pound of muscle on your body if you're a shorter person is going to really show as opposed to if you're taller. If we're talking about just lifting in general and how being short or being tall affects lifts, then we'll talk about some main ones first. Let me get this one out of the way. Uh, If you are short or tall, like on the extreme end, machines might not work for you because they're made for the average person. I have some short clients who are just too small for most machines, but again, that's okay because barbells and dumbbells should be enough for 90% of what you need to do. But for short lifters, probably even power lifters included, you might notice their bench press could be pretty strong because their range of motion is most likely going to be smaller if they're a short person. And for squats and deadlifts, same thing. Uh, Shorter people do have a little bit of an advantage because they have to move their weight through a shorter range of motion. At the elite level though, I haven't really looked into if this really makes a difference, but I'm sure it does to a certain extent. Generally speaking though, shorter people do have a slight advantage when it comes to lifting, usually because their bar with hundreds of pounds on it, it doesn't have to travel as far as someone who's taller and has longer limbs. This is why if you've ever seen really tall people work out, it does kind of look a little bit awkward. Taller people do have to move weights through a longer distance, there's more range of motion there. So that could be a factor when it comes to exercising and quote-unquote looking like you lift. Even limb lengths make a difference too. For something like deadlifts, you might be better off doing sumo as opposed to conventional deadlifts, depending on how each of those exercises feel for you. If you're someone who has long legs and short arms, you actually might benefit from a sumo deadlift because of the way the levers in your body will work. Limb lengths do make a bit of difference, but it really comes down to how mobile you are with the body that you have. I do find that with taller people, they could lack some control or body awareness, so that is something that you might have to put additional work towards. I do also believe that shorter people tend to lift more relative weight, but taller people should theoretically be able to lift more when it comes to absolute weight. Now, does all of this matter at the end of the day? Not really. Maybe for the 0.001 listening to this, who is looking to be an elite athlete in some kind of lifting sport. Other than that, though... Just get as strong as you can with your own body and compare yourself to your past self. That's when you've made progress. It's not trying to catch up to some fitness influencer who does exercises some certain way. 
So regardless of what your genetics may be in terms of how tall or anything genetically, just get stronger than you were last month, and that's all you should be focusing on. Focus on your own goals and you'll get to wherever you need to be. Don't be too worried about being at a disadvantage because of something like your height or whatever other genetic genetic limitations you might have. Just shift your focus and worry about maximizing yourself and your own body because anyone can achieve a healthy or fulfilling life or you can always look aesthetic and you can always get to a sustainable, healthy body weight. Just be consistent with your movement and exercise, get your sleep and rest, eat more whole foods, and you'll be on your way there. Just be patient. And that concludes episode 71 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about why form is the most important thing to focus on in the gym, and I'll go over some proper gym etiquette.